The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds in every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today to receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is DFS simplified. All you have to do is pick your favourite player over and unders to cash in. Head over to prizepicks.com and use promo code SGP for a 100% instant deposit match. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Check out the new PropSwap.com and use promo code SGP on your first deposit to receive up to $500 in bonus cash. And we're brought to you by SoBet. Sign up to bet against your friends and join the social betting revolution at sobet.ie slash SGPN. That's sobet.io slash SGPN. My name is Martin Bamford and I am here to take you through some off-season stuff. It's been a little... A little while since myself and my esteemed co-host uh, have been with you. So we've got lots to catch up on. Um, we know what that we're in a, the midst of a lockout, uh, but we're going to talk about that a little while. And then hopefully uh, through some uh, some World Series odds, a few of the uh, free agent moves that have been made um, and maybe a little bit of fantasy as well. Uh, and to help me unpack uh, this minefield that is the MLB off-season, um, I haven't spoken to him for ages. I've missed him. Munaf, Manji, good evening. How are you? Good evening, sir. This is, uh, <clears throat> we're definitely in off-season mode. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, it's been, uh, what, been a, maybe a month or two since we, or at least a month for sure that we've, uh, so I've seen your handsome- Yeah, whenever the back end of the World Series was. Yeah, I, I missed your handsome face. How's everything going over there? <laughs> looks like yeah, you lost some weight. Fine What's going on? Thank you. <laughs> really? Yeah, it looks like you're. you're no, I think I maybe. Maybe the hair, the hair I grew back. Sit- yeah, that might be. It. Maybe I got my new laptop um, and my new microphone, um, which we call it the, the Matt Breeder uh, laptop and microphone set because uh, Matt Breeder paid for everything with his last touchdown on Thanksgiving. Uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, for some reason, I got it in my head that Matt Breeder was going to have a game. Uh, so got a little bit of 14-1 to 1 and score the last touchdown on Thanksgiving. There you um, go. So bought myself some lovely new equipment. So I actually thought I'd look a little bit more high definition than I do. Um, maybe it's just my face moving off after all that. And then I just mentioned to you off air that I got a nice new microphone. The kids <laughs> have taken it away from me in order to give it to me back for Christmas. So they're going to give me my own microphone. Uh, for Chris, so I don't know how that works. So I do have a new microphone, but I don't know where it is now. It'll be in the bottom of the cupboard somewhere. Um, so apart from that, Moonaf, it's uh, I think football really has been the thing that we haven't we haven't talked about. Did you realise in exactly seven days from now uh, it will be half time in the Liverpool v Newcastle game, Moonaf, next Thursday? Yes. Yeah, speaking of uh, Newcastle, sir, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> but we won a game. You taking the piss? Um, no, I think when we last uh, when we last spoke, the, the takeover had been completed. Uh, so there was a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, yeah. Since then, we got a new manager. Uh, Eddie Howe came in, a uh, young manager, progressive manager, 
Uh, he's a good coach. And we've seen some uh, green shoots of recovery. Yeah. Uh, it took us a couple of games just to get used to stuff. Uh, we've had a couple of draws. Uh, we had a home game against Norwich last week, mm-hmm. which looked like Norwich are the worst team in the league. And it looked like that was going to be our chance. Because at this point, we still hadn't won a game. Um, right. And then we had, our, we had our defender sent off after six minutes. Um, <laughs> and somehow, oh yeah, somehow we got our noses in front. Uh, we scored a penalty after about an hour. And looked like we were maybe going to hang on. And then Norwich equalised with a few minutes left. So that finished one all. But then on Saturday, uh, we managed to beat Burnley 1-0 and get yeah. our first win of the season. So we've kind of, we've attached ourselves onto the back of the pack. So we're not, we're not as detached as we were. Um, I think the important thing is that in January, when the transfer window opens, mm-hmm. uh, we've got money to spend now. We've got all the money in the world to spend. However, if we're detached, players aren't going to come. Um, if, they, if, if, if there's no way we can stay up, the players aren't going to come to just get relegated. Okay. Um, so we need to be in touch. If we're in touch, mm-hmm. the players will come, help us yeah. stay up. And then we can kick on. So uh, between the next month is really important. Um, but we've got tricky games. We've got Leicester on Sunday. Then we play Liverpool next Thursday. We play oh, Manchester City next Saturday. Uh, and then we've got Manchester United after that. So the, the schedule hasn't been kind. Um, but the manager's doing okay. The players are trying a little bit harder. Um, there's a little bit of shape and a little bit of progress. So fingers crossed, Moonaf, we can, uh, we can put a few, a few performances together. Yeah, you can only go up from here. But um, <clears throat> I know you said you were going to one of the matches with your daughter. Was it the one that you went, they won the game or were they drew? No, that was the Norwich game last Tuesday. Oh, okay. So I've, I've actually been to a few. I went to the, the Chelsea game, uh, mm-hmm. which I sent you a yeah. video from. We got absolutely humped. We were nowhere near. But then I got tickets in the corporate hospitality for the Brentford game. Uh, uh, yeah, sure. Yeah. No, no, wait, no. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that was you got tickets to that box. That, 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 that is your box over there in Newcastle that you own. <laughs> and you're just being very, very no. humble about it. No, I have a, fr- a friend of mine, one of, one of the dads uh, of the boys on, on our under 10s football team. He uh-huh. works in TV. He's a, he's a Sky Sports presenter. Okay. Uh, so we got in the sponsor's box. We were right on the halfway line. Nice. Every, as much as you could eat or drink. So we uh, we made pigs of ourselves. And that was a good game, but uh, that was a 3-3 draw yeah. um, with Brentford. And then Norwich last week, I took my daughter. Yeah. Um, and then eventually, um, like I say, we, we picked the winner. But yeah, and so next Thursday, yeah, New, uh, Newcastle Liverpool moon. I, f- I feel like we should have some sort of friendly wager on it. But um, oh come on, Liverpool man. are probably three goals, three goal favourites. So that leaves me up against it a little bit. This is next week, you said. <clears throat> next Thursday, yeah. Let me see if there's a line out. You keep talking, and uh, maybe we can scrap something up by the we time we uh, in the show today. I mean, yeah, I would have said. The, the handicaps probably Liverpool minus two. Uh, um, yeah, I see an Aston because it's, it, it's at An. It, yeah, um, they've got Villa on, so it's at Anfield. And okay. even though we've been a little bit better, Liverpool are still um, a couple of goals better than us. I would have thought. Um, let's see. So we'll we'll have to see. Uh, How's the? Uh, I see oh, a minus. What you got for sorry, me. minus two and a half on the. Uh, on the line there, and the the money line for Newcastle is twenty one to one. Plus wow. twenty one hundred. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so we'll have a we'll have twenty quid each on Newcastle to win four hundred bucks, and then we'll put all that on someone to win the World Series. Okay, there we go. We'll do that. 
Sorted. Um, how's the um, <laughs> NFL and the NBA been treating you, Munaf? Yeah, well, I mean, we've been uh, grinding along the MLB Gambling Podcast three times a week uh, with myself and uh, Terrell. Uh, we've had a couple of guests on in, in between, and uh, we've also been doing the propcast with the NBA and the NFL. So that's been tons of fun. And, uh, you know, we've just been grinding away. You know, it's, it's football season. We're getting closer and closer to the playoffs. NBA is well underway. Um, so, you know, we're just grinding along. NFL has been doing pretty good. I've, I've been in the Circa Millions contest this year. Uh, first time I'm doing that. I'm at around 38 and 27. Uh, Going to have to put a couple of four and one, five and oh weeks to get together just to get into the, the payout chart. But, um, you know, the ball has not – on some of these games, the ball has not bounced in my way, but some of them uh, the ball has bounced in my way. So I guess that's just gambling, right? Yeah, I felt like the first maybe five weeks of the NFL season, I was struggling. Me and my friend have a little pot we put in the start of the season, and it was just dwindling and dwindling and dwindling. And then since then, uh, we've, we've made a fight back and, and actually got ahead um, over the last two or three weeks. So I do think it's got a little bit easier. Um, so I think maybe that was just a, the, the season balancing itself out because sure. it, it was a bit of an odd one. But then, yeah, there's been some odd things. I mean, the Bills were absolutely flying. Um, they've fallen a bit of a hole. The Titans came from nowhere. Uh, I know the Kappa phones up the, uh, the the post-game show just about every week I, after the <laughs> Patriots have put another win together. I um, I actually stayed up really late the other night, Moon, after Bills-Patriots mm-hmm. game because I was fascinated by you were having a little um, a little tete-a-tete with someone on Twitter about your overs bet. Oh, yeah. uh, some fella had come on and said it was the worst bet he'd ever seen. And I started feeling really protective of you, Munaf. I was ready. I was ready to fight him. And I stayed up to watch. And then they scored <laughs> two touchdowns quite early on. Yeah. And I thought, oh, Munaf's in business here. I think it was 8-6, maybe. It was 8-7 eight, yeah, eight, 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 in the first yeah, quarter. That was yeah. it. And I went yeah. to bed. I thought, Munaf's fine. I'm going to bed. And then there was barely any more points after that. You, you got thrashed. Yeah, it was... Uh, uh... It was one of those games where I, I thought that you were you were you're gonna expect a buyback to come back on the over because it hit a low point of 39, 39 and a half. Because the game opened at around 43 and a half early in the week. And it, there's there's people that honestly that I've been listening to other pods and, and on Twitter that they honestly just follow the 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 uh, weather report for games and that's how they bet their games. That's all they look at. They don't look at who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. They're basing their their total bets off of you know what the weather's doing. And you could have got a better number early in the week if you're going to take the under at 43 and a half, 43, all the way down to 42. And you know, I think Dave is a guy that can also probably attest to this. Said that there would there would have been buyback on the over coming back for sharp quote unquote betters and other betters. That you know yeah. that could I try to find a middle there, but you know it, it looked good in the first quarter, but and I, I think after that, kind of the conservative play calling, like maybe for the Patriots. I mean, they won the game, but um, you know they were just going to play the uh, play the uh, I guess the weather conditions on which way they were going on the field. Yeah, it was a, it certainly was an unusual one, um, but no, I've, I've been enjoying the NFL season. I, I got cut from the. Uh, from the SGPN guillotine league. I lasted oh, till yeah. maybe week nine, I think it was. I was doing all right. I was quite pleased with myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then had one uh, one bad week. We lost with Matt Stafford. We lost by maybe half a point. Oh. I actually thought we'd survived when I woke up in the morning because uh-huh. I checked the sleeper app and had enough points. Uh, yeah. And I forgot that it was... Uh, they, they don't do 
minus points for takeaways in that format. So Matt Stafford had had two turnovers, which mm-hmm. would minus two points. Well, in the guillotine league, the minus two points hadn't been taken off. Uh, so I lost by, yeah, oh, I lost by tough. about a quarter of a point. Um, but the, yeah, the guillotine league has been really good fun with the, uh, like I say, the Catalyst being playing and the God of Golf and uh, uh, Beer Guy and, and uh, Furman and people like that have all been playing. So that was a, that's yeah. been a good league. Well, um, Baseball, Moonaf. Uh, yeah. The last time we spoke was after the World Series. Um, and then um, what we're going to do tonight is uh, have a look at the American League. Uh, we'll, we'll go through the National League next week at some point. Um there's been a whole load of free agent moves. Normally this time of year isn't, uh, the hot stove isn't quite as hot. And especially with the uh, lockout coming, which everybody knew was coming, um, was eventually announced last week. There is a collective bargaining agreement to be thrashed out yeah. between the Players Union uh, and MLB. So the the hot stove really did for a couple of weeks. Yeah, there was signings most days, and yeah. there was big signings most days. So we're going to run through a lot of them and see if they uh, if they sway us in any way between some of the some of the World Series. Um, and if there's any fantasy players uh, in that time that have caught me eye, um, I've been I've, in the middle of my second fantasy draft moon. Off the first one I did was a best ball, which is okay because it's just points. Right. And really, in a best ball league, you just need to draft volume. You need to draft innings pitched and at bats. You yeah. can take one or two. Uh, rookies who might come up, one or two AAA players. Um, but you need volume because you need to be able to field a team. Um, the second draft, the draft I'm currently in is a draft and hold, and that's a roto uh, league, and it is so hard. Oh, my goodness. You miss uh, things I always have a blind spot on are saves and steals. And if you miss the boat on the closer run, which I did, I sort of made a pick, and then the closer run started, and it was like 18 picks till it got back to me, ah. and there was no closers left. Um, and it's such a traditional thing that I'm, we're now in round 25 of a 50-round draft, so you really need to know your stuff. I mean, you need to know who's the the third-choice, third baseman of the Baltimore Orioles uh, by the time you get down to round 47. Uh, so I'm trying to scratch around for, for steals and and save. So yeah, I mean, fantasy stuff has been on my radar. So uh, if anyone else is playing, I'll try and throw out a couple um, as we go through them. As far as this lockout's concerned, then moving off, I've heard a couple of schools of thought. No one at the minute seems really concerned that yeah. um, it's going to extend beyond and out of spring training. Um, do you have a do you have an opinion, a feeling on this, or is something you're just waiting out? Um, I think it's probably a wait and see situation. Um, I mean, the, the news, like you said, has kind of quieted down along the, you know, Twitter verse and, and coming across, you know, MLB.com and the, and the, the sports outlets and things like that. But, um, at some point I think that they will eventually get it done. Um, am I too concerned about it right now in December? Uh, probably not. But the only thing that kind of makes me nervous is that Rod Manfred is the commissioner, and he yeah. just has not done a great job as uh, as a commissioner of MLB since he's kind of taken over uh, from Bud Selig. So uh, hopefully they, they they get it resolved soon. Um, you know these these things again. It's always uh, it's always about the dollars, right? It's all always about the owners yeah. and teams wanting more and the players wanting more, the revenue sharing money and things like that. That's always mostly what's the gist of it. But you know, there's some other things that are on the on discussion. Um, 
on the table. I mean, I'm sorry, as far as, you know, what, what's going to be a part of the new collective bargaining agreement. I think it's, this is the first time in 26 years where, you know, the, yeah. there's been a work stoppage in the MLB. So uh, I, I'm, I'm certain that they should be able to get uh, a resolution and a new uh, a CBA resolved between the uh, players union and, and the league. Yeah. I think um, some things that were expected to come out of it, um, well, first, actually, there was that weird news about the ball last year that they said they used two balls. Yeah. Um, I mean, I couldn't, I couldn't wrap my head around that at all. Did you catch any of that, Mira? So I think somebody posted it in our MLB Slack channel. And so I guess that it's kind of hard to explain without reading the whole article. And I don't want to speak about, you know, speak on it without, you know, having the proper facts. But what it seemed like is that, they there were two different balls like you mentioned with pretty much the way the ball performance if that makes sense where one ball is lighter and it's it's uh it's a lighter ball where i guess you can hit the ball further and there's more you know hits and, and runs and things like that and one there's i guess you could call a less or, or deader ball if that makes sense where yeah. it turns into no runs and easy outs and and things like that and you know they said that they, they found where they were introducing a new ball with uh, a lighter center, a center of the ball, uh, which was, I think, back in February. And then MLB continued to use the older ball, the heavier center ball at the same time without the knowledge of, number one, the baseball clubs, players, and the fans last. So take what you kind of want with that. I don't know if they were trying to experiment and see which ball they want to use this coming season or, or what the, what, what the stuff or what the conclusion of that was, but those were, that was the conflicting report of what we saw, you know, uh, but the reports that came out, probably somebody did that. Somebody did a study about it, about uh, these two balls that were being used. And that's kind of what the, the gist of it really is. Yeah, that's absolute madness, frankly. It really uh, is, yeah. You'd think that the, the game has to be the game. The, the sport can be, can't be be unchanged. Um, yeah, I mean, expanded playoffs are something that might come out of the uh, out yeah. of this CBA, um, something that happened last year in the shortened season. Uh, let's talk about the salary floor. And actually, we maybe come on to that when we talk about some of the free agent moves because the fact that there were so many free agent moves led a few shrewd people to think, that that might be related to the salary floor. Some teams are going to have to spend money because yeah. there's a salary floor. So teams teams that were going to get onto the Texas Rangers, for example, uh, spent a few uh, spent a few dollars uh, to try and get themselves prepared for that. Uh, Universal DH, which you thought was coming last year, then didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the big one is the minor league um, paying conditions, which really has been highlighted since the shortened season and the pandemic, where. Um, I don't think MLB have covered themselves in glory at all, looking after minor league players, uh, looking after minor league clubs, Um, especially, like I say, during the pandemic and things like that, where, uh, in fact, some of the major league players have been paying the salaries and paying for the housing and meals and things like that. So, uh, yeah, it's a serious thing. Let's just hope that um, everybody can do it sensibly and that it uh, it doesn't go on beyond spring training and certainly not. Uh, into the start of the season come the start of April. Uh, so tonight, Moonoff, we are going to do the American League. Um, 
So we'll go through in sequence. We'll give you the World Series odds, any uh, moves or transactions that have been made. I know there's a couple of teams in here. Uh, there's one particularly that have caught your eye. Uh, but we'll start Munaf in the division uh, where your beloved Red Sox are. Yep. Um, the American League East, um, which really was probably the most fascinating um, league last year in terms of competitiveness that... Um, all four teams, really, you could have thrown a blanket over towards the end of the season. Um, the Blue Jays had a great season and finished fourth um, in this league. So in order of World Series odds, you've got the Yankees at 11-1, to 1, the Tampa Bay Rays are 14-1, the Boston Red Sox are 18-1, to 1, um, and the Toronto Blue Jays are 12-1. to 1. Um, We'd start in the order of put them on the notes for no other reason, Munaf. Um the Tampa Bay Rays, 14-1. We already said last season, uh, or I already said last season, I was not going to underestimate them anymore. Um, I was just, I'd, I'd very lazily, um, not written them off, but just thought maybe it was going to catch up with them. Um, but it didn't, uh, and they won that division. They were absolutely great again. Uh, fell a little bit short in the playoffs. But the main news coming out of the race was the Juan de Franco extension. Uh, came up this year, was pretty much every bit as good. Uh, had a bit of a shaky start, maybe, month or so. Uh, had a great hitting streak going towards the end of the season, uh, but extended him for 10 years and $180 million. A lot of people were saying that wasn't enough money and maybe uh, Franco should have got more money. But I think um, there's a lot of that guaranteed. And as a young man in baseball, um, the fact that he's got a lot of money guaranteed... Um, it's, it makes sense to me. It's, it, it seems like a perfectly fine deal to me. Um, so what thoughts you, Moon, off about uh, the Wanda Franco extension? Yeah, I think that uh, Ray's to the smart thing and, you know, locked him up for the foreseeable future. Uh, him and Randy Rosarina now are your two front, you know, front, the face of the, your franchise now. Um, and it's going to be exciting times when you have two young players like this. You know, these are... We can say what five tool players they they can hit for power, they can get on base, they can hit for average, uh, steal bases, score runs, and they they play good defense as well. So, you know, we were ta- we talked a lot about Wander Franco last season uh, when we were doing our episodes. We were excited to see him come up for the Rays, and you know, we talked about how the Rays needed more offense um, if they were going to have success, you know, for that season and going into the playoffs. Um, you know, they picked up Nelson Cruz, but uh, and now if you're a Rays fan, you should be excited now that you have Wander Franco locked up to a long, very, very long term deal and also Randy or Rosarena. So uh, fun times for uh, Rays fans. Yeah, the uh, the other main uh, acquisition for Tampa Bay is Corey Kluber. Uh yeah. I think I suppose he is kind of still a big name. The big lot of name recognition there with him. Um, he was with the Yankees, which is another reason people will know the name maybe a bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, but has kind of fallen off a cliff uh, in the last season or two, mainly health issues. Um, but I think if there's a if this is a side that can fix him, it'll be the Rays, Moona. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, we've seen a lot of great pitching come out of uh, the Tampa Bay Rays and. You know, last season, I what last season, Corey Kluber had that no hitter for the uh, for the Yankees, and after that, yeah, they pretty much just put him on the IL or he got injured, and well, wasn't really relevant after that point. But um, yeah, I think that you know he can go in there and probably be a number four, 
number three, number four guy at the most, I think, but uh, they have a lot of talent there in the race pitching. I mean, you know, we talked about this at volumes last season, but bringing a veteran that can possibly help those guys as well. Um, you know, last season, Corey Kluber pitched, uh, I believe, around 80 innings. He was five and three on the season, uh, a very pretty respectable ERA at 3.83. So, um, you know, he had time off after that injury, didn't pitch much in the second half of the season. So going into Tampa, I think this is a pretty good pickup for them um, to not only help the young guys, like I said, but also, you know, kind of be that third, fourth, fifth pitcher for them. Yeah, um, yeah, something we'll have to turn around for him. Um, his current draft ADP is four three five, um, so that tells you where he is. I mean, yeah. he could give you absolutely nothing. You might not even get on the mound. However, uh, could prove to be value at that price. So um, the the race forty to one for the World Series, and um, with the lockout, there are no. Uh, we've got no over unders or um, divisional yeah. odds like that. Um, but the Rays are up there at fourteen to one. Next to the Yankees, Moonaf, and next to the Yankees on the show notes, I have written absolutely nothing because there is nothing to write. <laughs> uh, the Yankees are eleven to one for the World Series, yeah. Um, and people are expecting them to be in for one of the big um, infielders, uh, free agents. There's still a couple left on the market. Carlos Correa, yeah, uh, is still on the market, and two else are. Uh, Freddie Freeman you know, at the bottom. Freddie Freeman. Yes, and Trevor Story. Yeah. Yeah, so Trevor there's three Story. there yeah. still. Uh, you'd expect the Yankees to do something. Um, nothing so far, because I'm just looking at um, their starting rotation, sort of uh, goes Garrett Cole, then you've got Jordan Montgomery, Luis Severino, Nesta Cortez, and Domingo Herman. Um, kind of a little bit weak. And then again, the uh, the lineup. Um, getting down to Gleyber Torres, yeah. um, Aaron Hicks, uh, who missed the season, but hit 194, uh, Gary Sanchez hitting 204. Um, and then you've got the usual problems of Joey Gallo with his 199 average, um, Luke Voigt with his 239 average. Great power hitters, yeah. um, but they need something um, to put that together and defensively as well, Moon So what do you think the Yankees are playing at? Are they just, are they waiting Um waiting for the this TBA to, to get organized or are they, are they suddenly going to swoop and pick up uh, one of these infielders? Yeah, that's what it's looking like, right, Malcolm? Because the three teams that you just mentioned with the Dodgers, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, traditionally big spenders in the offseason market, especially the Yankees, right? They're not afraid to hand out that money. But for the Yankees, I think, you know, as if I was a Yankees fan, I would want them really to concentrate and, and invest money in pitching, because the names that you just rattled off after Garrett Cole, not that exciting. I think getting Luis Severino is going to be back for them at number two. But after that, I, I'm not yeah. sold on Jordan Montgomery. I'm not sold on um, Domingo Herman. I'm not yeah. sold on, you know. Nesta Cole says his numbers are actually okay. I mean, he, yeah. he pitched 93 innings, but yeah, he ended with a 2.9 E, which is fine. But yeah. uh, I know what you mean about. Uh, Montgomery and Domingo Homan. Yeah, and they let Roof, uh, uh, Roofnet or Durgo. They let they released um, Clint Frazier as well. And then you're going to get back, like you mentioned, yeah. Aaron Hicks, who missed a lot of the season. And let's not forget, they still have America, America. They still have uh, uh, Aaron Judge and John Carl Stan, who had great seasons for them last year. But the biggest yeah. question is the name that you mentioned, Gleyber Torres. What's going to happen with him? What position are they going to put him at where he's comfortable not only playing on that on that side of the dirt, whether it's second base, whether it's third base, whether it's shortstop, 
but they need to get his back back in order because last season it was a very, very rough year for him. And um, sadly, I picked him to win the American League MVP last year, and he did completely opposite of what uh, needed to be done to win an MVP award. So, yeah, you're right, Malcolm. I think that Yankees are probably just waiting for the CBA agreement to the the lockout to end, and then they're going to come in and swoop one of these guys up, whether it's, say, Freddie Freeman or Trevor Story or, God forbid, a Carlos Correa. I don't think Correa will end yeah. up there. No, uh, yeah, we'll come on. We'll come on to those a little while. Where yeah. we have some possible landing spots for for the free agents. So yeah, the eleven to one on the Yankees, um, not particularly uh, appealing so far in what is a mega competitive division. Um, okay, Moonaf, your Boston Red Sox. Now, what a team who've got old injured pitchers. Do you know what they need? More old injured pitchers. <laughs> so James Pax- James Paxton, Rich Hill, and Michael Wacker. They've all t- taxied up to Fenway Park, we enough, uh, to join the uh, to join the, the the old people's home that is going to be the uh, the the Boston bullpen there. Um, talk me through this then. What's the what's the thinking behind any of these? Are they just t- going to throw a few darts and hoping maybe one or two sticks? I think that's what the game plan was last year, and it it kind of worked for them uh, last season when they yeah. picked up you know a couple guys, but I think. The big thing, at least for this rotation, is that you're going to have Chris so healthy to start the season, right? Last season, he was coming back from Tommy John surgery. didn't get him back um, until midway through the season. Had a couple struggles, um, you know, kind of getting his feet back under him and, and, you know, getting command back and things like that. But now have a full off season. He should be ready to go for uh, spring training and uh, the start of the season. And again, you also have Nathan Evaldi. After that, it's where the questions start, right? That's when you add guys like James Paxson and Michael Walker and Rich Hill. Rich Hill, he's been serviceable, Malcolm. I mean, he's been around to the Dodgers, yeah, he's been yeah, to the right. Rays. Um, I don't, I don't hate that move. Him being in that third or fourth slot is where he kind of does belong at this point of his career. Um, so I don't hate that, but he could be a big pitcher in the uh, playoffs if the Red Sox make it again because he's done well in the playoffs. Not only for the Dodgers um, when they won the title, but um, yeah, I would have loved to see them go out and get another legitimate arm behind Chris Sell. Um, but like you said, yeah, they're back on, uh, just trying to throw a few darts here and see if one of these guys works out for them uh, in the rotation. And then the the move that they made by training uh, Hunter Renfro to the Brewers to get Jackie Bradley Jr. back, um, yeah. kind of a head-scratcher for me because – Hunter Redfer was great last season for the Red Sox. And I think it's a great move for Milwaukee, but again, Jackie Bradley Jr. Was a fan favorite last or before he got traded or uh, left the uh, Red Sox. Um, But I think in my opinion, one of the best defensive center fielders in the game. And I think that's maybe the move that they were kind of going for here because the Red Sox outfield, it's, it's a pretty big outfield, right? It's a hitter's ballpark. So getting Jackie Bradley Jr. Back in that uh, outfield, um, and deciding on who they want in left and right field, Alex Alex Verdugo is going to be there for sure. Uh, just who that other if it's going to be Kike Hernandez and Jackie Bradley Jr. That's a pretty great um, um, outfield between those two guys. Yeah, um, I mean Jackie Bradley Jr. hit one sixty three last season. And that's a downfall. Uh, yeah, really, really is. Um, so they'll have to see if they can if they can get something up there. I think Jaron uh, Duran will be up. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's currently actually projected to be the starting left fielder uh, with Kiki Hernandez at second base. Uh, Darren Duran, someone I've got uh, pegged in um, 
uh, in fantasy as kind of a late round flyer. He's got some, he'll have some decent count numbers uh, with some power, although he will have to get that batting average up. He only hit 215 in his 112 plate appearances last year. As far as the uh, rotation goes, uh, roster resource on fan graphs. Currently has Boston Nolan with a six-man rotation, which they won't, but that's uh, they just we don't know which of those six will be weeded out. Uh, James Paxton, who we mentioned that they've signed, um, won't be ready for the start of the season. He had Tommy John in mid-April last year. So you've got uh, Evaldi and Sale at the top. Uh, Rich Hill was absolutely fine. And actually, you do need people to eat innings. So these signings are Rich Hill, who pitched 158 innings last year, yeah. and Michael Wacker, who pitched 124. You do need people to... Um, to, to eat these innings. The, the, the question mark really is Tanner Houck, um, someone yeah. who made several appearances last year in the second half of the season, moving off. Uh, we were quite sweet on him uh, and he did well for us when we were picking. So, yeah. um, and he pitched 69 innings last year, 3.52 ERA, which was great. So whether or not he will earn that start and rotation, I suppose depends on, on how well Pavetta Hill uh, and Michael Wacker do uh, coming out of camp. So yeah, some, yeah. some questions, question marks over Boston, but, yeah, I don't hear what they've done so far, and uh, you would back them to be able to to um, cobble it together. Uh, the other possible starter is Garrett Whitlock. Yeah, um, who I have drafted. We said earlier on I was struggling for saves. I drafted him. Um, I saw him projected for maybe twenty odd saves, but I'd missed the boat on the closer. So I have taken a punt on Garrett Whitlock, who um, has been touted as a possible starter, but that the that. that Red Sox pen was so dodgy that I think they have to keep Whitlock in there just to hold it together, really. Um, so I took a little gamble and drafted him for saves. So um, any of this 18 to 1 World Series, Moonaf, will you be uh, will you be letting your heart rule your head and taking some of that? Uh, not, uh, not yet. I think that, you know, one more thing on the offensive side is that the Red Sox have been linked to names like Trevor Story and Carlos Correa. I know we'll discuss those guys later, but the question mark for the Red Sox right now is that Alexander Bogarts can opt out of his deal next season or after next year okay. and, and enter free agency. So either it's going to be that they get one of these guys signed long term between Trevor Story or Carlos Correa if they're able to get them and afford them. Uh, and then maybe Alexander Bogarts moves over to second base and probably opts out of his deal and signs with a new team. But I would love to see them extend Alexander Bogarts. I think he's one of the best shortstops in the league. Uh, and I'm not saying that because I'm a fan of the team, but he's a great defensive shortstop and he can also hit the ball. So um, I think he would be a lot cheaper than, you know, probably for sure, Carlos Correa. And uh, I think he would, Alexander Bogarts probably be a little more expensive than Trevor Story, but something to keep an eye on once the lockout ends. Okay, moving on, Moonaf, to a really fascinating team. We've mentioned that the Blue Jays uh, were fourth in this division, uh, but had a really, really good season uh, with a good young team. They had a, a fragmented season from the point of view that they had to play in three different ballparks. They were uh, they weren't able to get home to Canada uh, until midway through the season. Twelve to one for the World Series. Um, there's going to be a. This is going to be where all the sharp money's going to be. I think uh, there's going to be a lot of talk um, about this Blue Jays lineup. It's uh, it's a young lineup. There's there's a lot of uh, name recognition there. Um, people like Vlad had his breakout season last year. Mm. Um, the main business they've done, however, is on the mound. So the first thing they did was extend Jose Berrios, um, who signed for them uh, from the Twins midway through the season, which a lot of people. Had 
were, were scratching their heads about uh, is at that point, Toronto kind of looked out of contention. Uh, it then turned out it looks now to be a really good bit of business. He's 28 years old, yeah. uh, did pitch well, and they extended him. And then they picked up Kevin Gorsman from the Giants. Um, he had a great year, career year for him. Uh, back in the division in which he pitched with the Baltimore Orioles. It is a tough division. Um, from a fantasy point standpoint, I think Gorsman, um, his home runs allowed and ERA will go up. Uh, so you expect maybe a little bit of a drop off there. And that, that just because the division uh, that he's back in um, with, with a lot of competitive teams moving across from San Francisco. Um, but yeah, two good, uh, two good pitching uh, signings for them there. 12 to 1. Uh, for the series, uh, for the for the World Series, I would I would like to look to see what price. I mean, would you have them up as favourites? I suppose they are the shortest price. No, they're not. The Yankees are eleven to one. Sorry, yeah. So the one point bigger. Uh, so if we extrapolate that down for the division, you have you have the Yankees maybe slight favourites uh, with the Blue Jays a, a margin behind them um, before Tampa Bay and Boston. So what about Toronto, Munaf? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Toronto, obviously they lost Marcus Simeon to the Rangers, and we'll get to the Rangers later. But um, like you said, they picked up um, uh, Kevin Gossman, and they also were able to extend Jose Barrios. Don't think Robbie Ray will be back with this team. I'm sure another team will pay him a lot of money um, to come and pitch them for them after winning the Cy Young Award. He's, but uh, He's already back, I think, moving off. He's... Oh, Robbie Ray's back? No, he's gone to Seattle. Oh, yeah, Seattle. You're right. I missed that note. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, look, they, they picked up Kevin Gossman. I think that's a pretty pretty good, you know, replacement after the year that uh, Gossman had last year. So, and some of the other guys that we talked about in this rotation, Malcolm, you know, I think Alec Manoa we're going to be high on next year. He had a pretty good season for them also. So, um, Absolutely, yeah. The, the biggest wild card for this rotation is going to be uh, uh, huge in Ryu, right? They expected yeah. when they signed him, they expected him to kind of be the ace or the at least the number two guy uh, for this Toronto Blue Jays team. But he just hasn't had a great season uh, last year. 4.73 ERA. He pitched 169 innings, which is great. Uh, but really needs to work on that ERA and that whip at 1.22. That's not going to get it done. But I think the uh, offensive side for the uh, Blue Jays, Malcolm, they're going to be fine even without Marcus Simeon. You still have... You know, hopefully George Springer is able to stay healthy. He's going to be right in that top of that lineup with Vlad. And you still have, you know, Bo Bichette, Teoscar Hernandez, uh, Loris, uh, Loris Gurriel Jr. Um, so I think that offense is going to be fine. Just that really the pitching, that's what's going to be uh, going to make or break this team. Yeah, if you get a full season out of George Springer, he was the only one really in the top five. He didn't, um, he had 342 appearances from two down to six. Um, you pretty much got a full season. Bo Bichette had 690 appearances. Uh, Vlad, 698. Tiosco Hernandez, 595. Guriel, 541. Gritchik, 545. So, uh, solid from two to six. Relatively young guys. You've all, I mean, 23, 22, um, 29, 28. So, um, yeah, they're going to be unchanged. They, they, they run pretty deep. Um the rotation looks okay. Uh, you're right, Hunjin Ryu is important. Um, yeah. If Alec Manoa can take a step forward, um, they might do something. They've got Ross Stripling currently at SP5. Um, yeah. And I don't mind the bullpen either. The, uh, Yimmy Garcia is a good free agent signing under mm -hmm. the radar. Uh, picked him up from Miami. He'll sort into the bullpen. 
Jordan Romano was excellent last year, 23 saves and a 2.14 ERA. Uh, so, yeah, the uh, the Toronto Bridges, even without Robbie Ray, um, I'll be looking at their markets when we get a few more, uh, when we get a few more markets for divisional odds. Um, I think what will make the Toronto Blue Jays a good price is the fact that the division is so competitive. They're yeah. probably going to be as good a side as teams, for example, the Chicago White Sox that we're going to talk about. But the Chicago White Sox haven't got the opposition uh, that these teams have. Toronto are coming up against the Rays, the Yankees and the Red Sox. So even if you want to make them favourites, you probably still get maybe plus 120, plus 125. Uh, the favourites are going to be plus odds uh, yeah. for this division, which is... Uh, which is going to be rare. So I'll be looking forward to seeing uh, what Toronto can do this year. Certainly going to be a fun team to watch, I think. Um, the final team, Moonath, I have no notes next to this team either, <laughs> like the Yankees. However, um, I don't think there's anything to say about the Baltimore Orioles at 500-1, to Moonath. Do you yeah, have not much to say here. I think it's going to take a little while for them to... Um to get back into even contention uh, for this division. I think, again, rebuilds in baseball take a lot longer than uh, in any other sport, I believe. And, um, you know, the one star that they have on their team, um, which was uh, Cedric was Cedric Mullins. Yeah, Cedric Mullins. Yes, I was reading reports early on in the season or early on in the uh, after the season was over that they were listening on trade offers for him. Obviously, the asking price is monumental for a guy like uh, that after the season that he had. But 30 home runs he had at that leadoff uh, spot, batted 291. Um, you know, there are some pieces on this team that you can build around, right? With Mullins, with Mountcastle, with Trey Mancini, uh, think guys like those. But again, it's going to take a while for them to kind of get back into contention, especially with a pitching rotation that's just not there right now for them. So, yeah, in isolation. Like that top five isn't absolutely horrible. Uh, you said Mullins. I mean, Mullins had a 30 30 season, 30 steals as well, uh, to go with his 30 homers. Uh, Mountcastle, Anthony Santander, I'd like uh, Trey Mancini. Um, Austin Hayes is serviceable. Um, even Ramon Rios down at six bat at 279. Um, it falls off a little bit after that. The um, pitching rotation, however, uh, John Means, uh, who early in the season was great for us. Um, and then you've got the, the ERAs of the four guys after that are 5.15, 5.04, 6.63, and 6.67. So if your, SP, your SP2 has an ERA of over five, um, that tells you round about where you are. So, uh, yeah, the Orioles, we will maintain a watching brief um, so far. Um, if you yeah. did want to cross um, to take any of those bets, uh, Yankees 11 to 1, Blue Jays 12 to 1, etc. Win bet uh, is very much to play the place to do it. Uh, you can win money and boost your odds. Uh, live now in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Bringing the excitement of win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Uh, loads of brand new bonuses. Um, new users bet $1, win 100 on any sport. You can bet up to $1,500 as a free bet if you make a first deposit of $20 or more. Uh, win bet will match your initial deposit, i.e. bet $100, you'll get a free $200 match bet up to 750 bucks. So loads of promos, odds and payouts. Uh, sign up today at wynnbet.com or download the WinBet app. 
we will move on then, Moon, after AL Central. Uh, we've got the Chicago White Sox uh, at 12 to 1 to win the World Series. Uh, Detroit Tigers at 50 to 1. The Cleveland Guardians, I said it right, 75 yeah, to 1. <laughs> yeah, Kansas City Royals at 80 to 1 and the Minnesota Twins at 80 to 1. Um, so, yeah, we just mentioned the division doesn't look overly competitive at this point. Yeah. Um, the White Sox do look at this point as if they will have it to themselves. Um, they've been, they haven't been very busy. They picked up Kendall Graveman, uh, relief, uh, relief pitcher who got himself about a little bit last year. He went from, uh, he went from Seattle to Houston. Is that right? Yeah. He, he yeah. Seattle to Houston. Yeah. To Houston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the main, uh, Upshot of that is that the White Sox have found themselves overloaded with closers. Uh, they have Liam Hendricks. Uh, they've added Kendall Graveman. So the odd man out there is going to be Craig Kimbrell. They, uh, they picked up Craig Kimbrell uh, in the season. They traded quite a good piece for him. Oh, Nick Madrigal, I think it was, mm-hmm. uh, who's a good player. Um, the the White Sox take goal. So the, the White Sox will be, will be allowing Kimbrell to leave uh, to trade him for a better a better, um, a better player. So Kimbrell will go, but and that's really all, all the, the White Sox have done so far. But not a competitive division, Munaf. Um, I think the main thing for the White Sox is they'll be getting players back from injury as well. They were a little bit beat up last year, Lewis Robert uh, and Eloy. Uh, they'll be hoping to get full seasons out of them. Yeah, we talked about this last season where you know going back to spring training of prior to last year is that they were battling injuries all throughout the year, starting at spring training, right? Um, again, their top three pitchers with Lance Lynn, um, with uh, Lucas Giolito, and with Carlos Rodon, we I arguably thought that that was the best top three rotation uh, in the American League, or at least the top three guys. And it didn't pan out for them in the um, in the playoffs against the Astros. But I think this team should be right back what they did last season. You know, they most of the team is back; they're going to be healthier. I'm just excited to see this uh, rotation, um, or sorry, this uh, lineup uh, being at full strength. Because if you go up and down this list, it's a lot of incredible names. Tim Anderson, Eloy Jimenez, Yoan Moncada. They were able to get Leary Garcia back. Uh, Lewis Roberts, Jose Abreu, their MVP from uh, two seasons ago. So this is going to be an exciting uh, team again. And hopefully we don't uh, <laughs> we don't have any more weekly, uh, weekly stories about uh, Tony La Russa there. <laughs> yeah, Tony'll still be uh, still be going. Yeah, right. Yeah, I think they they, they look, look very very good without being stellar uh, on both sides of the ball. Actually, uh, that pitching rotation we at various points all season um, were very impressed with Lance and Lucas Giolito, Dylan Cease, and Michael Kopech. Uh, the Dallas Keuchel's the one. Uh, who's maybe a little bit of a weak link, uh, and they've got a rock solid bullpen, a rock solid bullpen. Some of the best, um, some of the best relief pitchers in the game, Ronaldo Lopez, uh, Garrett Crochet was excellent. Um, these are all guys with um, with ERAs sort of low threes. Some of them in the in the mid two. So yeah, uh, yeah, the White Sox won't have to be very good uh, to win that division. I think they will take it down fairly comfortably. Uh, it's going to be playoff baseball. Um, that will be uh, be the definer of their season. Uh, next, we will go to Detroit. Detroit were fun last season. Uh, we picked them quite a lot. They had a, they had a lot of young um, pitchers. Um, uh, Tarek Skubal, Casey Mize, uh, Matt Manning, who wasn't very good, actually, but should 
get a hell of a lot better. Um, we, we spent a lot of time talking about the Tigers last year. They had a surprising season. Um, I think in the second half of last season, uh, there were three games over 500, um, which isn't a bad record at yeah. all. Um, mm-hmm. And they've been busy in the off-season. They have added one of your boys, Moon, after they've added oh, Erod, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez. Oh, don't go to somebody years. else. <laughs> oh, who did you think I was going to see? The oh, sorry. No, no. <laughs> we are coming to him in a little while, yeah. No, uh, one of your genuine boys, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, five years, $77 million. Um, good signing. He needs to cut his ERA. Yeah. Um, but I think a new ballpark, America Park, uh, will help do that. Um, and to me, I think he, he, he looks a really solid SP3, which is the kind of player you need where when you've got that young rotation, my school, Manning, etc. Uh, so, Eduardo Rodriguez to Detroit Moon. What do you think of that? Yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there, uh, uh, Malcolm, that he's, he's an SP3. And I think the expectation from when he was with the Red Sox that they were expecting him to be that SP2, possibly SP1 when Cristel was out. And I think that may have been too much pressure for a guy like Erod. He was very inconsistent last year. You know, there was times where he looked like a Cy Young caliber pitcher for the Red Sox. And there was times where he looked like he was throwing batting practice out there for the Red Sox. So now that he's out there with the Tigers, like you said, that I think the important thing for him is going to be about, you know, like you said, cutting down the ERA, getting the whip down, being in a ballpark like Detroit, <clears throat> uh, uh, you know, being that SP3 behind a guy like Casey Mice and Tarek Skubal, I think that's going to be big uh, for him. So that pitching rotation is, is really coming together for AJ Hinch and the Tigers. Um, so I, I think that this might be a team, you know, when we get closer to the season, where we're doing our season preview is a team that we might want to take a look at taking the over on. Absolutely, yeah. That was that was one of my leans, particularly. Uh, Tyler Alexander is down as the SP five. He's the one we haven't mentioned, and and pitched with three point eight one ERA last year. Uh, yeah, also really a, a few of the guys that we that we have mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, yeah the Tigers were good last season. There's no reason um, why they're going to get any worse. They have got some holes. But yeah, the, the onto the man that you were laughing about before, uh, thinking that I was going to mention is Javi Baez. So yeah, see a lot of these short stops have been on the market. A few of them have gone, yeah. um, and Javi Baez um, has gone to Detroit. Now I don't hate this at all. Do you know what Javi Baez's batting average was last year, Munaf? Uh, I don't think it was too terrible. I'm going to guess around two eighty. Well, no, two sixty five. Two eighty. Would be outstanding. No one bats to eighty anymore. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean, to be honest, I was I looked at it, expected it to be two twenty, two thirty. Uh, I thought the kind of Joey Gallo, you know, Joey Gallo one ninety nine. Yeah. Um, so batting average of two sixty five with thirty one homers and eighteen steals. Um, there's a lot of um, speed at the top of this Detroit lineup. I expect them to run a lot. Uh, yeah. If you need some uh, steals uh, in the fantasy draft, that top three, Akil Badu. Robbie Grossman and Javi Baez will all run, will all steal bases. That's exciting. Um, so, yeah, I know you... Sorry? I said that's exciting with those three guys at the top of that lineup. With Yeah, yeah. And you still have Miguel Cabrera on this roster along with, I think, Jonathan Scope is still there too also, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're down to bat five and six yeah. uh, with, with Jaime Candelario hitting cleanup in between. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Javi Baez, Munaf, uh, thoughts? Uh... I think that there was there was a lot of rumors that Carlos Correa was going to end up in Detroit. 
uh, reunited with AJ Hinch. And I think that Javi Baez turned out to be the consolation prize for them because from what I've read and what I just kind of gut, ha- gut handicapping and gut thinking is that the asking price for Carlos Correa was, was and is too much for the Detroit Tigers. And I think that they were able to settle on getting Javi Baez there with, you know, the guys that they already have there. So I think that, you know, it's a pretty good signing for them. I mean, you know, we, we I've personally been not a Javi Baez guy, but I think getting a guy like this in your lineup and a guy like this even on the defensive side of the of the dirt, I think that's going to be great for them. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of young talent there, so he might fit in very nicely with, uh, with the uh, Detroit Tigers. Yeah, um, a real under-the-radar signing, which is of no uh, relevance to uh, fantasy or betting or whatever, but um, something that is going to make the Tigers a better team uh, is the acquisition of uh, Tucker Barnhart, uh, yes. catcher. Uh, not a stellar name, not a household name, but a great defender, uh, a great framer, a great defensive catcher who is going to make that young pitching rotation better. Uh, so the Tigers have done two things to help this rotation, no end which is signed an elite defender in Javi Baez, and then took a Barnard, who uh, his effect will not be underestimated. Uh, so I think there are a couple of great deals for the Tigers who will be looking um, to to have a look at their overs when that comes out. And I don't think they're finished either. I mean, there's talk about them going back in for one of those, um, for Trevor Story or someone to, to go for the, the second base and shortstop double swoop. So uh, watch this space with regard to uh, Detroit. Um Minnesota Twins, Munaf, uh, a real letdown last year. Finished bottom of the division. were awful. Um, not much going on there. Uh, Byron Buxton uh, is the one who's re-signed. Uh, always a fantasy darling, always highly touted. Um, however, I was just having a little look. He, the, he, the most games he's played since 2017 is 87. Just can't get him on the field. Yeah. Uh, so he's going to need to show much more uh, for this Minnesota Twins team, uh, if they're going to uh, mount a bit of a fight back, the lineup's okay. Um, the uh, the the rotation is very very questionable. Um, yeah. I've, I mean, I've got what got Dylan Bundy, uh, who pitched with ERA of six last year, over six, and then Bailey over Joe Ryan, Randy Dobnak's ERA was seven point six four, uh, and Lewis Thorpe. I mean, Lewis Thorpe is SP5, total of 15 innings last year. So they really, really need to get busy. Um, they've got some good names in that lineup, Moon. They just need to need to put it together. And uh, Byron Buxton really uh, is someone that they're going to need to get a full season out of. Yeah, I think that this is a, a tale of uh, opposite sides like things you could say for the batting uh, batting lineup, which like you said, has some great names in there, right? Jorge Polanco, uh, Josh Donaldson, yeah. if he's back with his team, Max Cle- uh, Max Kepler is still there. Yeah. Um, but they, again, the pitching rotation, it's 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 not something to be excited about. Again, like you said, that's something that they're really gonna have to work on. But yeah, Byron Buxton is a guy that's gonna have to be healthy. I think they just paid him uh, money and extension with uh, with him. And you know, you have like we said, the guys in the lineup. It's just about putting that pitching rotation together if they're gonna be competitive. Um, in this AL Central, because right now the kings of this rotation are, or sorry, king of the uh, the division right now is going to be the Chicago White Sox. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Hogo Palanco, Jorge Palanco, who you mentioned there, um, is high 
on my uh, list to draft. Um, that sh- second base position, um, I think he's, he's shortstop and second base eligible. Uh, shortstop runs ridiculously deep this year yeah. uh, in fantasy. Uh, but Jorge Polanco, I think uh, second base for number six, um, and is great value. So he's. Uh, I'm going to have a lot of exposure uh, to Jorge Polanco. Um, the other two teams in this division, moving off, nothing to report. Cleveland Guardians said it right again. Um, we need to have a wager on the first person who's going to say the Indians this season. Uh, it needs to be like a swear jar, five, $5 fine every time someone says the Indians. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, 75-1 to 1 for the World Series, and the Kansas City Royals, who did okay last season as well, actually. A little bit like Detroit, they made that the middle of that division uh, quite competitive, but uh, nothing from either of those two teams as yet. Are you interested in any of those two? No, I think the big name to probably look out for maybe, I know the exercise his option was Jose Ramirez for the Guardians, um, but uh, I'm still surprised that he's still on this roster. I, I'm sure there's another team that can out that's out there that can use his services at third base or, you know, even at DH. That's the name probably to look out for that maybe on the move at the trade deadline next year. And then for Kansas City, uh, the Royals, um, this was, I think the, the Tigers are going to be this coming season what the Royals were this past season, because I think we had picked the over on the Royals going into the season um, last year. I think the Tigers with the moves that they've made so far, I think that significantly improved this team, but yeah, not much to go off of these two teams. Um, I don't know if there's ever a market for team stolen bases, Munaf, uh, if that's something you've ever seen before. No. But Cleveland are going to run and run and run and run. No. I think basically because they can't do anything else, um, they're just going to not hit the ball. They're just going to try and run around before the catch it and tag them out. Um, they've got Miles Stowe at the top of the lineup. He stole 30 last year. Armour Rosario, 13. Jose Maria is 27. And then looking down the list, Andres Jimenez is the player at tipped to be top of the stolen base market last year uh, in 80 to 1. Um, didn't get much playing time, unfortunately. Still managed to steal 11 um, bases in 210 plate appearances. Uh, Bradley Zimmer stole 15. And just a, a fantasy flyer right down the bottom. Uh, this will be ADP 600 or more. Uh, is Stephen Kwan. Um, I said before, if you're drafting a best ball, what you need is uh, volume, you need opportunity. At this point, you're looking to draft opportunity. Stephen Kwan is a name that won't be on many people's list. Uh, currently projected to start in left field for Cleveland. Uh, hasn't made an appearance in MLB yet. So uh, if you get in the 48th round uh, and you're looking for someone, Stephen Kwan, K-W-A-N, uh, is a name down there. But yeah, you're right. Nothing much going on for Cleveland uh, or Kansas City yet. Um, let Before we get into the final... Uh, that we're going to focus on tonight. Um, college football championship weekend is behind us, but bowl season is almost here. There's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet for tickets to see your favourite team play in their bowl game this winter because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K, is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all tickets for NCAA football, NFL, concerts, NBA and more. So you're going to get involved in these college bowl games that are coming up. Moon, I'll be able to tell us a couple uh, that are that are of relevance coming up. Tick, tick. Um, get rid of all the awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices and all their college football tickets. Don't believe it. If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, Tick Pick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. Visit Tick Pick today. 
at tickpick.com slash SGP. That's tickpick.com slash SGP. College football, Moon Aff, it's still something I haven't, and I think I'm quite grateful because I don't need another vice. I have, it hasn't come on my radar yet. Uh, what's going on with the bowl stuff? Yeah, so the bowls are set. I'm not a college football guy myself, but um, I know the national or the college football playoff, it's uh, the national semifinals. It's Michigan versus Georgia, and then Alabama is going to face Cincinnati. So the winner, obviously, from those two games will play for the national championship. Um, But definitely, I think this is a good time to plug the college football experience. Definitely check out those guys with our guy, Nick Dant. Kobe Dan Terrell is also part of the also uh, Patty C. So make sure to check those guys out for um, for all the college football bowl season. I know it's exciting times for a lot of uh, college football fans. So definitely check out those guys. Yeah, I think it was it was Johnny uh, Johnny Junter at Michigan maybe last week. Is that where he was? He was he, he was, was certainly representing something. Yeah, he, he looked was. very excited wherever yeah. he was. He was on uh, he was on with us uh, when we did the MLB playoffs. Uh, uh, sorry, the World Series yeah. preview, and he said that to take Michigan that week. I'm not sure. I don't remember if they won or lost, but definitely excited for them to win that Big Ten championship and be in the national semifinals. So I'm sure he's excited as well. And I know he's been uh, uh, touting and, and talking about all the moves that the Blue Jays have made so far. So I guess when we do the uh, MLB season preview for next year, we'll definitely get him on to talk about the Blue Jays. Yeah, he's possibly the most enthusiastic man on Twitter. <laughs> whatever subject he's talking about, his enthusiasm levels are absolutely through the roof. Um, AL West Moonaf, uh, we will start uh, in your hometown. Um, the Houston Astros, 9-1 to one, uh, to win the World Series. Relatively quiet so far, Moonaf. Um, signing of note is Hector Neris, uh, relief pitcher from Philly. Yeah. Um, and I don't mind this signing at all. Uh, Hector Neris is someone I think I'll be signing. Possibly he's a bit of a handcuff uh, to Ryan Presley. Not in line for saves at the moment. But the Astros aren't um, too shy about moving their pitchers about. They could put, easily put Ryan Presley in a fireman's role uh, and let Hector Neris hoover up a few saves. Yeah. So you could draft Neris for late round saves. But... Um, as far as the rest of uh, Houston's off-season going, uh, which direction is this going to take, Munaf? Yeah, so I think the big thing that we probably need to mention is that there was reports of the agreement between Justin Verlander and the Astros for two years, $50 million, but the Astros never came out and made that official. There wasn't a press conference about it, and there wasn't anything that was mentioned by the Astros that, hey, Justin Verlander is back. Um, the signing wasn't made official to put it that way. So I think that might be something to keep an eye on once the lockout ends, uh, if that comes into fruition. But I yeah. think this might be, you know, again, the, the whole Carlos Correa thing that if he's going to be back with the team or not, if he's not, and if something happens with the Verlander thing that it falls apart, I think this coming season may be the year the Astros take a step back in this division because I think everybody else in the division and we'll get to these teams in a second really did a great job of getting better. And the Astros, like you mentioned with the only one signing so far, haven't really done much. Now there could be a team like the Dodgers and the Red Sox and the Yankees that are kind of waiting 
um, to dish out the money after the lockout is over. But just from hindsight right now, looking at it, I think that this is the year where the Astros may take a step back in this division. You say, Moon, I think the exact opposite. I think that uh, just looking at the that lineup um, is absolutely rock solid. Uh, Altuve, Brantley, Bregman, Alvarez, Guriel, Tucker. Uh, top six, no problem with that at all. You can put that up against any other team. And then you've got a rotation of Verlander, uh, still down as the projected SP1, yeah. uh, McCullers, Valdez, Garcia, and Akedia, SP5. Um, I think it'll make what makes this more attractive for me, uh, the Astros, is the fact that some of the other teams have got more competitive. Um, yeah. And that's all they've got. I think they'll get more competitive which just makes the Astros a bigger price. And I still think they'll be the best team in that division. Uh, but I still think you might get, I think now you might get some, I don't know, maybe plus plus 250, plus 300 about them to win that division because the LA Angels and the Mariners um, have made signings that are going to uh, push them a little bit closer. So no, I am, um, I, I, I lean the other way, Moon. I, I, I think the Astros are solid. Uh, and I think these other couple of sides that have got better, Mm-hmm. Um, just really imp- improves the value. Um, the one team that's really dropped off is Auckland. Um, yeah. I mean, last year were joint favourites to win this division, uh, round about 13 to 10 plus 130 uh, at the start of the season, both sides, Houston and Auckland. Um, and this year, um, they go in as 66 to 1 outsiders for the World Series. Um, Auckland have struggled a bit, no additions um, to speak of so far. Um, the two teams in behind these, these are the interesting teams then, Munaf. Uh, these are the teams you were just alluding to that you think might usurp Houston. Uh, we'll start with the LA Angels. Um, not a secret uh, that they have needed pitching. They've got Mike oh. Trout, they have Shohei <laughs> Otani coming off that season. And everyone in baseball and beyond is asked when they're going to add some pitching to that. Uh, well, they've gone out this year and so far have picked up Noah Syndergaard um, on a one-year $21 million dollar deal um, off Tommy John surgery, although he did finish the season on the mound, which is good. Um, you never know with people coming back from Tommy John, but uh, Syndergaard appeared to have rehabbed fully and pitched in the majors uh, before the end of last year. So that's not a not a massive problem. Yeah. Uh, what the Angels need is innings out of him. Um, it's a one-year deal, so I can't say they'll, they won't put him on a pitch count. Um, they have no reason to. They'll try and squeeze all the goodness out of Noah that they can do. Um, somewhere around 150 innings they could get from uh, Noah Syndergaard. Um, what do you think about Thor uh, and what else the Angels might need, Muna? Yeah, obviously we, we were touting this uh, all season long last year was that in the off season yeah. they're going to have to go out and get pitching and get some more pitching and get some more pitching after that. And they, I think this is a great start for them to address that, right? Noah Syndergaard, I think that if he's able to return to Top level form. Not saying that he needs to be the side young pitcher that he once was, because coming off of Tommy John surgery, it's a difficult task to do. Especially, you know, we saw that with with Chris Sale that also came back midway that he had some struggles, but he also looked like the pitcher that he was, you know, um, before Tommy John. So, I, I like the risks that the Angels are taking here uh, with Noah Syndergaard. Um, with the the re-signing of the closer Iglesias, I think is absolutely huge yeah. for them to get him back because last season, Malcolm, this bullpen was the worst in the entire MLB last year. And for them to re-sign him, I think that's huge. 
I still think that they need to add more pitching, get some more starting pitching in there. Obviously, you have Otani. You're going to get Mike Trout back. Offense, I'm not worried about with this team. It's just going to be, you know, if they're able to get a couple more pitchers in there. I'm not sure if there's any more standout top of the rotation guys that are still out there. I really thought Max Scherzer was going to end up with this Angels team, but I don't think they were willing to pay the money that he commanded or the amount of money that the New York Mets paid him. But, um, you know, you you have Otani, you have you have um, uh, Syndergaard. Who are some of the other pitchers do you think that, you know, are going to step up into this, this rotation for them? Um, firstly, Otani and Syndergaard, they need innings out of them. Well, obviously, Shohei's kind of limited anyway. 130 yeah. innings that he pitched last season is roundabout his um, ceiling. So they need floor. Uh, they need 150 innings out of Syndergaard. Uh, Patrick Sandoval is a really interesting player. He's a good player. Uh, played pretty much the second half of last season. Um, 87 innings pitch, but pitched to a 3.62 ERA, yeah. uh, which is really good. Um, but yeah, the, after that, they need to they need to some innings. I mean, uh, Jaime Barria, Jose Suarez. Um, they picked up Michael Lorenzen. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of Lorenzen truthers out there in the fantasy world. Uh, Lorenzen is a uh, he's a two way player. He makes it interesting, and obviously the Angels uh, know how to handle a two way player in Shohei Otani. Um, he's a long reliever, or has been, but there's a, been a lot of talk. I think he wants to be a starter. He wants to play in the outfield. Um, it does throw some interesting possibilities about him swapping about with Otani, um, about Otani going out into right field after he's finished pitching or something like that, or if they're going to muck about with a, with a DH, if there is a universal DH, that kind of thing. Um, so there are some interesting possibilities there. Um the other really good signing they made bullpen-wise is Aaron Loop yeah. uh, from the New York Mets, who is a left-handed reliever. Uh, pitched 56 innings last year, Munaf, to a 0.95 ERA, uh, which is wildly impressive. So, yeah, yeah. Aaron Loop, that, he's one of the top lefties in the game. Uh, so, good signing there. Um, and they have got some key men in that um, lineup that need to step up. Mike Trout is the obvious one. Yeah. Um, but... Just a little bit further down is Joe Adele, um, mm-hmm. who came up two years ago, didn't really cut it, came up last year for maybe a third of the season, 140 plate appearances. Uh, bigger things are expected of him. He needs to take a step forward. Um, and then they've got other rookies. They've got Brandon Marsh, um, who did the same. And Tyler Wade, who they've acquired from the uh, Yankees. Um, a lot of the Yankees fans are surprised uh, that they let Tyler Wade go. Yeah. Um, not a power hitter, um, but hit 268 last season, stole 17 bases in only 145 plate appearances. Um, so, yeah, the, and um, Anthony Rendon is the other one as well. Um, so, there's a lot of keepers uh, in that Angels um, roster that need to pick up. So, they, they, they can't be finished. You, they need to add another 150 innings uh, in terms of starting pitching. And yeah. we'll see what that looks like at the start of the season. Um they are currently 40 to 1. I think you messaged me maybe last month, Moonaf, and said that you had had a bit of a nibble on the Angels. Is that right? I did. And I thought that, you know, they would probably go out and get Carlos Correa to this lineup. And I, that's still not out of the possibility. But I really thought that Max Scherzer was going to end up um, with with uh, with an, at least a California team. And it seemed like the Angels were a perfect fit because they needed an SP1 and an ace like Max Scherzer. 
Um, the time came when he got traded from the Nationals last season that he, there was a lot of reports that came out and said that he wanted to be in California or on the West Coast. But the complete opposite happened, um, at least as far as signing with a new team this year where he ended up with the uh, New York Mets. But um, there's still some names out there as far as starting pitching. I mean, what's going to happen with Clayton Kershaw? It's going to be interesting. Um, and there's still a couple yeah. other names um, <clears throat> uh, for pitchers that can come in and make a difference or eat up innings for them. I think Zach Grinke maybe could be a SP4, SP5. But again, they're able to go out and get a, another starting 150 caliber inning pitcher, like you mentioned. Uh, that's going to be really big for them, having Otani and also Thor in this lineup. So um, they're trending in the right direction. We can say that. Um, another very interesting team, another 40 to 1 chance. Uh, so in the same in the same area of the market as the LA Angels are the Seattle Mariners. Um, again, a team I think we talked about a lot last season. Yeah. Um, like their lineup, uh, a young lineup. Um, and had a good season. I think probably overachieved a little bit last year. Uh, we're in the playoff hunt really till about about the last week. Yeah. Uh, still had a shot at making the wild card. Um, and they have been busy and have acquired Robbie Ray, uh, the Cy Young winner. Um, my guy, my strikeout king. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he paid for a few. He paid for a few bits and bobs for me uh, <laughs> when the season finished. Um, always had that strikeout potential, but he did solve his home run and walk issues um, and then just went from strength to strength, Robbie Ray. It was absolutely outstanding. Very tight pants, uh, as we know. Uh, they've also acquired Adam Frazier, who he hit 305 last season. Um, I can't make my mind up about Adam Frazier, Munaf. Uh, he's a real glue guy. He's got he's like kind of... He's a real bits and bobs player, actually. He performed really well for Pittsburgh. Yeah. Um, went to San Diego... Uh, I think in an attempt to sort of kickstart the second half of their season. Yeah. Uh, didn't really work. So he has a similar profile to a lot of these other uh, Mariners players. But where do you see Seattle? I think, um, like I mentioned earlier, the fact they've made themselves a lot more competitive, similar to the Angels, mm. uh, makes us an interesting division. Yeah, this is going to be a fun division to watch all season next year. Um, like we said, the Angels and the Mariners did a fantastic job of adding pieces. And, and Robbie Ray, obviously, uh, a great pickup for uh, the Seattle Mariners, who needed a, like the Angels, a top-of-the-rotation SP1, and they were able to go out and get that with Robbie Ray. You pair him with Chris Flexen, I think that's a great one-two punch to start this rotation for the Mariners. And I think also Adam Frazier, is, that's a great pickup for them also. I know he was an all-star player. Uh, when he's with the Pirates before he got traded to the uh, Padres. But if, if he's able to pick up uh, what he kind of did with the Pirates, uh, uh, with the Mariners here, this is going to be an exciting young team to watch, uh, Malcolm. I mean, we said last year that they were a couple pieces away from being competitive, uh, contending for a playoff spot. And I think this might be a team like the Tigers that we may want to take a look at taking the over in this team because when this team is winning, uh, Malcolm, that Seattle um, stadium or their field or with their fans, it, it gets rowdy because they are the only professional team. Um, now they have the NHL team, but as far as the four major sports, um, you know, with the Seahawks not relevant anymore, I think they're good with Russell Wilson leaves, but <laughs> this Mariners team is, is they're going to be exciting next year. And I'm really excited to see what they do for the rest of the uh, off season once the lockout ends, but definitely a team, uh, a team to keep an uh, eye on. Uh, for us, uh, Malcolm. 
Yeah, I don't mind that rotation at all. You're right about Chris Flexen. He was good last year, really under the radar. Uh, as was Marco Gonzalez, pitched to an under 40 RA. Yeah. Um, I like Justin Dunn. Justin Dunn is uh, projected as their SP5 currently. Um, he was someone I was high on a couple of years ago. Well, he only came back really the back end of last season, pitched 50 innings, uh, booked to a 3.75 ERA. Someone who I think has got a lot of upside if, you, if you're looking for a, a starting pitcher late in fantasy drafts. And then, like you said, the top of that order, uh, J.P. Crawford, Adam Frazier slots in at yeah. number two. Uh, Mitch Hannigan, Jared Kelenic, the highly touted prospect, mm -hmm. second probably only to Wanda Franco yeah. um, in terms of uh, the MLB pipeline. Um, you've got Jake Fraley, who had a good season last year. So, Time yeah, France. lots of things. Abraham Toro, who came across yeah. from the from the Astros as well. They've got Dylan Moore on the bench, who's the big stolen base threat, um, needs to up his batting average. But yeah, the, the Seattle Mariners certainly going to be a good, fun team to watch. Uh, another team I'll be looking at towards the overs. Um, but um, from my betting point of view, they're going to be another team that we're just going to push out the Astros price by another half a point uh, and make me want to take that a little bit more. Um, finally, Munaf, in this little segment, uh, the Texas Rangers. Um <laughs> Worst team in baseball, probably to Baltimore, a bit of a toss up. Um, 100 to 1 for the World Series. Um, they seem to be trying something, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's a bit random. I'm not sure what they're trying. Um, I'll take you through what they have done, and you can try and tell me why they've done it. So they've picked up Marcus Simeon uh, coming off a of career year. Uh, not such a hitter friendly park. So a little fantasy fade. Uh, for me there, Marcus Simeon. Uh, Corey Seager, um, a really solid hitter. 26th overall in war uh, since he came into the league, which is very impressive. Uh, he's not a great defender. Um, John Gray, who gets out of Colorado, which a lot of fantasy people love. Um, instant little boost there, getting out of Coors Field. Um, Texas needed um, uh, SP1, and John Gray is going to be that man. Um not only does he get out of Coors, he gets out of the NL West where the uh, the Padres, the Dodgers and the Giants uh, are no longer mashing you uh, every fifth night as well. Um, so, yeah, John Gray comes out. And then um, Cole Calhoun, uh, slightly slightly less of a of a impact uh, signing. Uh, but so, yeah, Moonaf, well, I mean, what's going on here? They've spent a fortune yeah. uh, on... Re totally rebuilding their middle infield and does this make them competitive or just the best worst team uh i mean when you add guys like i think Corey seager i, I was a huge fan of Corey seager when he's with the dodgers I, I think that's a great pickup for them he is 28 years old you sign him to a 10-year deal you're going to be paying him till he's about 38 years old same thing with marcus simeon right 31 years old you're going to pay be paying him till he's about 38 but it <sighs> At some point, they were going to have to spend money, Malcolm. And I think they now they made the big, splashy, sexy moves by adding these two guys. Did they overpay for some of these guys? Maybe, but at some point, like they were going to have to spend the money. But you have Corey Seager in your lineup. You have Marcus Simeon. You had uh, Adolis Garcia in this lineup. You had Nathaniel Lowe, who had a pretty good season for them. Uh, Nick Solak, who was a pretty good you know season for them also. So... And then you added John Gray that eventually we knew that he was going to leave the uh, organization of the Colorado Rockies. But again, not much for the pitching here. If you take a look at their starting rotation, Malcolm, I don't think they had a single guy 
outside of Kyle Gibson before he got traded that had an ERA below four. And I think that's still the biggest concern that's going to be for the Rangers going forward, Yeah, uh, that the pitching is still not going to be there for them. So this might be a team that, you know, from game to game, you might want to take a look at Gabe taking their overs, um, you know, on that, on that run total. Um, but I think we're going to have to wait and see what they add more to this pitching rotation before we can get behind this team. I did see somebody tweet that Texas uh, with these signings, Texas are making a bid to be uh, the leading team and losing games 10-7. So I think, that, which is pretty much what you were just saying. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, take their overs because they are going to uh, score a lot of runs, but they're probably going to have to score double digits most nights uh, to get over that. We've got our, our boy, AJ Alexi, um, yeah. who did well for us um, at the back end of the season. Um, I, I picked him up in that uh, in that best ball draft just because I couldn't resist him. I felt like he was my boy. Uh, but yeah, that that rotation needs some seriously needs some help. But the 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 top of that lineup with Willie Calhoun at the top as well, uh, DH and then uh, Adolis Garcia who did really well. He was in uh, Rookie of the Year talks for a little while um, last year. So yeah, there's, there is bits and bobs there, and they have got. There's no question. About, way more competitive uh, than they were last year. Um, they've got a prospect called Josh Jung, or Josh Young, J-U-N-G. Um, I think we'll be up pretty early, maybe first month, if not second month. Um, certainly worth a, a fantasy, worth a fantasy look, probably around about ADP 375. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking at, if, if you're looking at someone down there, Josh Young uh, will slot into that lineup. the, yeah, he's currently not He's not forecast to be up at the start of the season. Don't think he's going to break camp. Uh, but we'll be up pretty quick, I think. Um, so I'll have a little bit of exposure to him uh, in its third base. But, you know, I mean, it's good for the Rangers. They do need a lot more. Um, but it, they've, they've, they've certainly made the first few inroads into, into a rebuild and making themselves competitive in, in, uh, in three or four seasons' time. Not of particular interest um, to me so far in having a bet moon off. So uh, that division then, it's, it's really the Angels who are the ones uh, you think might uh, might take the crown of uh, the Astros. I think you could throw Mariners in that mix also, Malcolm. I think it'll probably be those three teams. I think that we, I think we both agree that the Oakland A's are going to probably the team that's going to take the most uh, st- uh, step backwards in that division. Um, you know, they lost their manager, to the Oakland A's. Do we talk about the Oakland A's yet or we're we still going to get to them? We, we glossed over them because there was nothing to say. Okay. I mean, have you got anything to, no, anything to add? Yeah, I think that... I don't want to do them a disservice if there's any athletics fans listening. No, uh, I think this might be a... About the years, yeah, this might be a team that we might want to take a look at taking the under uh, on their win total at because, I mean, as great as they've been over the past couple of years, they just haven't really done anything to improve and there's still now rumors about them moving to Las Vegas and and getting a stadium there. So they're still in the midst of this. Hey, are we going to be in Oakland? Are we moving? What's the future hold for some of these players? So um, definitely not a team that I would be wanting to bet on and over for sure. The rotation isn't horrible. No. Uh, I could get on board with Bassett, Minaya, Montas, Irvin, and James Caprillian, who did us some favours last year. Um yeah. The starting lineup, however, is horrible. Yeah. Uh, huge issues with that. Uh, Elvis Andrews, um, 
scheduled to bat two. Tony Kemp, you've got Seth Brown, who can't put bat the ball, uh, hitting five. Um, Matt Chapman, batting clean up last year, hit 210. Um, so, yeah, big problems, I think, for Oakland. Yeah. Uh, couple of quiet years. Actually, there is, uh, there's a name right down at the bottom of the list. Uh, the bottom name in their bullpen uh, is Brent Honeywell. Uh, who pitched four innings last year for an ERA of 8.31, um, will be, if you want to, he's a, he's a 50th round pick. Um, but <laughs> there's something in there. He might even find himself in the uh, starting rotation at some point. Uh, so if you're looking for a bit of volume, uh, I will have one or two shares in Brent Honeywell, uh, ADP around about 3,500. Uh, but yeah, he's the one name on that Oakland thing um, who's who's made it onto my really, really deep league uh, fantasy list. Um, and that moving off has taken us to all the uh, American League teams. Um, there's a couple of names of players still to sign we thought we'd get to. Um the infielders, the stars that we mentioned already, uh, Carlos Correa and Trevor Story. I think you probably covered it, but um, the landing spots for those Yankees, Astros, Angels. Yeah, I think that, you know, again, the Red Sox you can throw in there also uh, for both of those, uh, um, both of those players. But again, it's just going to be the dominoes really going to fall after where Carlos Correa ends up and, the rumors are, or what I've read, is that he wants north of two hundred and fifty million, getting into that three hundred million dollar range, something around what Corey Seager got uh, from the Texas Rangers. And the only teams that are kind of going to spend that money are the Yankees and the Dodgers. I don't think the Astros are willing to pay him that much money because the latest offer that he got was, I think, five years, one hundred sixty million from the Astros. So if there's another team that's out there that's going to willing to pay them that money. I don't see him coming back to the Astros. Um, Angels are always intriguing. It's a West Coast team. It's an L.A. team. Um, And then, you know, some of the relief pitchers like we've talked about or even starting pitchers could throw out names like Clayton Kershaw, Zach Grinke, um, you know, and then the bullpen guys like you've mentioned with uh, Craig uh, Kimbrell and and Kenlin Jansen. So it'll be definitely interesting to see where these guys end up. I think Trevor Story probably ends up with the Yankees because I think he's a very much cheaper option than Correa. Um, but definitely we will yeah. be monitoring this for sure as uh, where he kind of ends up. Excellent, Moonaf. Beautifully covered. Uh, and we have made it to the end. That was an absolute pleasure, mate. I've missed talking baseball with you. Yeah, I think it was a good time for us to you know get together and just kind of go through these uh, uh, free agent signings and trades and things like that and get kind of get caught up. I know uh, until... Uh, until this uh, collective bargaining agreement is uh, agreed upon and, and until um, it's not resolved, we hopefully it gets resolved. We're not going to have an MLB gambling podcast until it gets resolved. Yeah, it's an issue. But uh, I, I have faith that they'll get, they'll get it done. Um, you know, it's still early December. Um, uh, but again, yeah, once the, once the lockout is over, we'll start seeing more of these dominoes fall with the players that we just mentioned. But yeah, always a pleasure talking baseball with you, uh, sir. There's always baseball, Moon. If we have to take a week off uh, our day-to-day jobs to do a week's crash course in the KBO uh, or the <laughs> Japanese go. League, then we will do it. And we'll be back with the Korean Baseball Gambling Podcast uh, for whenever that is next spring. So, well, uh, uh, yeah, we'll do the National League next week, I think, Moon. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, go on. I was just going to say, Yasiel Puig uh, signed with a, uh, a KBO team this week. 
I'd so love he's one over there, yeah. The, I don't remember which game it was when he started that giant fight. Um, but there's a painting of it. Someone, someone's kind of made it into a painting uh, and made all the players sort of dress them up in sort of colonial sort of military <laughs> outfits and things like that. Uh, and it's a, it's a stunning piece of art, uh, but it's centred around Yasiel Puig wanting to fight the whole world after a hit by a pitch or something. Uh, it's really good. That's but, funny. Um, so, yeah, like I said, we do the uh, National League next week then, Muna. Yeah. Um, and there has been loads and loads going on. Uh, so plenty for us uh, still to talk about. So we'll do that one night next week and uh, we'll get that out to you. Um, depending on the uh, Liverpool-Newcastle result from next Thursday <laughs> night, I might, um, I'll might. either uh, be phoning you every 30 seconds because I'll be desperate to talk to you or I'll be going into complete hiding and you won't hear from me till, uh, till 2022 at the earliest. <laughs> Hopefully, I'll, I'll, I'll have to make a phone call to tell, uh, tell him to take it easy because my co-host is a fan of Newcastle. So maybe like a yeah, three, don't mind. three zero four zero victory. I think that should be enough. I'll take some of that twenty to one moon off. We'll have Newcastle <laughs> at twenty to one, one nil, last minute penalty. Uh, that'll do me absolutely fine. Uh, cheers, everybody, for listening. Uh, as always, the the medals are still uh, red hot. Um, loads of stuff going on in there. Um, I have got some horse racing coming. I'm going to cover some some horse racing on Boxing Day on the 26th over there in the US. And this weekend, Moonaf, I am uh, doing an article on the World Darts Championship uh, for SGPN. Oh. Uh, you a big? You if you ever placed a bet on the darts before? I have not, but if I if you're putting an article out on our website, I will definitely be putting some money down on it for sure. Find me another. Uh, another podcast network that covers the world darts championship. <laughs> I will be, I will put the no at minus 1000 that you'll find another podcast <laughs> network that comp- uh, does that. There's no greater cultural uh, epitome of great Britain than the world darts championship. It runs from the 15th of December right through to new year. And it is, ab- it's must watch television. Moon off. I don't know what station carries it, uh, but you've got to promise me between now uh, and the the final, they put a couple of bets on and spend an evening watching the dart. It is one of the greatest shows on earth, honestly. Uh, so once I get that article out this week, I'll tag you in, uh, and you can uh, get some money down on the arrows. Um, <laughs> thank you, buddy, for listening. Um, like I say, get across to the website, Slack channels, like, rate, review, all that kind of stuff. Um, here's to the lockout not lasting uh, too much longer. Thank you, everyone, and we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>